BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger Podcast. Today's guest is Mimi Bouchard, who is the founder of Superhuman App. She is a leader in the wellness industry, an incredible creator, and of course, my friend. And today's conversation really goes all over the place. Mimi's background is incredibly interesting because she didn't start out in the wellness industry. She was very young when she started out as a reality TV star. She was in Made in Chelsea, which is a really popular reality TV show in the UK. She kind of pivoted her life entirely, got into wellness, and eventually ended up launching Superhuman App after finding a lot of merit in positive affirmations. Superhuman app is truly everywhere. Everyone I know talks about it. And it really is no surprise because I think that Mimi is someone who is completely changing the way that we consume audio and just our definition of meditation. So I'm really excited to bring you this conversation. She is a wealth of knowledge. I think you guys are all going to walk away from this conversation feeling motivated, positive, uplifted, and she really is a ray of light. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this conversation. Before Before we dive into today's show, I want to share with you guys this week's hot tip, which is the Vive Organic Immunity Boost shot. It's a ginger and turmeric shot. And you guys, let me tell you, I have been traveling like nobody's business and I have really, really needed to do everything in my power to keep my immune system still functioning because you know what? This much travel is just incredibly hard on the body. So these ginger turmeric shots are great. They have a little bit of pineapple juice in it. So it tastes really good. Still obviously has that kick, which ginger inherently has, but just a really, really great product. I would love to be someone who sits at home and makes ginger shots, but I'm not. I just don't have the time for that. And I'm just going to be realistic. I would never be the person that does that. So these are really, really great alternative to that because they come in these like little bottles and I just knock back a shot and I'm good to go. 
Okay. This week's review, you guys, reviews are like my favorite thing to read for you guys. So this week's review comes to us from Sabrina Janine. And she says my Monday morning go-to hi, Sif. I absolutely love your podcast and find your candid chats with the guests you bring on. So helpful as I grow my own small business. Once upon a blue moon, I was an HGTV host and had all the trimmings of success, but I was so unhappy. So I decided to dream even bigger than TV and I quit to pursue my creative passions. As I daydream about my own brand, I worked part-time designing other people's brands and web banners. I actually worked with you and Nish to design a few of Array's web banners, pages, ads, and infographics. And now I pursue Healer, my natural personal care product company. I listen to Dream Bigger to continue to motivate me and support my goals. Thank you for sharing the BTS of building a brand. XX, Sabrina Smalko. Sabrina, oh my God, of course I remember working with you. Thank you so much for leaving this super kind, detailed review. And I'm so excited to check out Healer. That's super, super exciting that you have gone on to start your own brand. And you guys, you know, reading stuff like this genuinely makes my day. It brings me so much joy to hear that I've been able to impact your life in even the smallest way through this show. So don't think that I don't read it. I literally go through every single review that comes in. And sometimes you guys have me in tears. This actually happened on Friday. I was like so emotional over the reviews that I was getting that I was actually in tears. So it just means so much to me. And, you know, if you do think that the show brings you value, please take a second to rate and review it. All you have to do is open the Apple podcast app, scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. Leave me a rating. Give me a five star rating if you think I deserve it. And in the review section, let me know what you think of the show, guests you want to hear from, maybe guests you've loved in the past, favorite topics. Literally anything you tell me is so helpful for me and allows me to continue to show up as the best possible host for you and for me to continue bringing you the best possible content that you guys really resonate with. So if you have a second, please do that. And with that, let's welcome Mimi to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so I'm going to dive in. Yeah. Okay, so you moved to London. You're a Canadian gal like me. How did you move to London? What led you there? Tell us that whole part of your life. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I was 18, Mm -hmm. I had a realization that I was not meant to be in Canada. I'm very grateful that I grew up there and it's a great place to, to grow up and all my family's there. But I always had this underlying feeling that it just was not the country for me. For Mm -hmm. some reason, I wanted something more global. So I went to university for a semester and a half and really had a quarter life crisis. And I always call it that, even though I want to live till over 100. So 18 is not a quarter life crisis in my eyes. But anyway, it's easy to say. So yeah, I just I ended up moving to London on a whim after dropping out of university, started Mm -hmm. an online magazine worked that whole summer saving up to move to London. I worked at a bar, <laughs> you know, Hemingway's in Yorkville. Yes. Yeah, I worked at Hemingway's. Stop yeah. it. Are you joking? When I was like 19. Yeah. You, I mean, I used to go there I when know. I was 19. It, it's like, it's kind of like a British pub. I know. Isn't it really weird? is. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know you worked there. I worked there when I was 19 for like four months before I moved to London. And when I moved to London, I didn't, that, that was the only money I had, you know, bless my parents, but they didn't have much to give me at all. They didn't Mm -hmm. have anything to give me when I went to London. And uh, I went to London wanting to make my online magazine of success. And when I got there, I started working many odd jobs to obviously make rent because at the time, especially the British pound and Canadian dollar were so 
drastically different. Yeah. I mean, the British pound used to be, I remember. Yeah. So my rent was like 600 pounds a month, which is like so low. I I can't believe I got that in London. That's like uh, when I was in school (laughs) in London, I was paying like 600 pounds a week. Oh, wow. Like it was. Well, you must have had a nice place. My place was. No, it was like a residence, (laughs) like a college residence, but it was still so expensive. Yeah, it's really expensive. I got a great deal. I had a roommate. So I was, you know, working at a juice bar in the morning, dog walking in the afternoons, interning at a styling agency, nannying at night. Like I was fully. What a hustler. I was a hustler. And I love that quality about myself to this day because I've always been such a hustler. And I really think that's a huge reason why I am where I am today on top of all the other things I do. But at the core, I'm a doer. And having that as part of my self-image was pivotal for everything leading up to the success I have today. So I moved to London. I was working all those odd jobs, trying just to get my foot in the door in the media industry, I guess. I was really trying to build this online magazine for about a year. And then I started going to more networking events. I didn't know anyone when I moved there. I was really just this young, motivated, inspired girl that had absolutely nothing. Well, I I had me, I think. I I didn't have nothing. I I had no connections going there. I barely had any money. So on paper, I had nothing. But I had me. And I I love that you say that, Mimi, because... It's like such a powerful statement that Mm -hmm. like we underestimate our own ability and like who we are so much. But fact is, if we look at your story and, you know, I want you to get to like how things rolled out. But like it's not like you had all these things handed to you. You literally started from ground zero and you were just determined to make it. And you did have you. I was so hungry. I was so hungry for that success. And I just had this fire under my ass because I started reading personal development books and I started to really just get consumed with this idea that I'm 100% responsible for my life because that was a foreign concept to me until Mm -hmm. I read my first personal development book in that uni dorm room that I ended up dropping out of, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Okay, I'm going to pick up that book. I've actually not read it. You haven't read it. it? It's like the Bible for personal development. It changed my life. It changed my belief system. And I thought I was a victim for so long. I really had this victim mentality. And I thought, okay, if these external things are happening to me, then that's the destination that I meant to go down, but or the direction I meant to go down. But This book opened up my eyes because it was just so, it was written in such a plain black and white way. It's like, no, the first principle, you are responsible. You are 100% responsible for your life. And that changed me. Isn't it so interesting when you realize that it's like a switch that flips? Mm -hmm. And I remember going through the same thing. And I was actually just talking about it earlier today where I was like, for the longest time, I would blame everything for whatever circumstances happened instead of taking responsibility for my life. Mm -hmm. And as I started to go on basically like the same journey as you, you know, like developing constantly hungry to grow, I realized that like I actually am responsible for me my Mm -hmm. whole life. And I can't just blame my circumstances for bringing me here because actually the outcome of our circumstances, like also like, what do we do with it? Like, how do we, where do we go from here? Because bad shit happens to everyone, right? But then what? Like you can wallow or you can see it as an opportunity or whatever it is. Absolutely. I think it's the most empowering belief you could give anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the business of victimizing people. I think the worst thing you could do in the world is tell someone that they're not in control of the outcome of their life. 
And I've always had that deep belief and it's been challenging at times for sure because I've had I've gone back and referred back to that victim mentality if I've worked so hard on something and I gave it my all and it didn't work out because that does still happen. Of course. You know? And but but the reality is that your response to those things that happen to you in your life influence the outcome tremendously. It's 50-50. 50% is your response. 50% is the actual situation that happened. So that being said, I've faced so many failures over the past almost decade now of creating this life for myself. And I am so grateful every time that happens because it's led me to where I am today. And I'm dramatically different to who I was at that, at that time in my life. I'm so grateful for those failures, but I'm more grateful for my response to them because I kept going and I tried new things and I learned from those failures and I decided, okay, you know what, if that's not working, maybe I slightly change something and try something else. And another principle in that book that became a core value of mine is no means next or like failure is redirection, essentially. I really started to try to condition myself to not see failure or no's or rejections as I am a failure. I am rejected. I started to look at these moments and think, okay, maybe this is not the best path for me. So it's ultimately that belief just kept me going. It's also a really good principle for anyone who I think wants to start their own business because I was on a call yesterday and I was talking about the fact that we just cannot take like no's personally. It's typically like an opportunity to reflect on why it happened and like maybe it's like a pivot moment or it just means that maybe it's not right for you right now or that you're just supposed to learn and grow from it. But it's not something that we should take personally and like be upset over. It's like that's just not it's not productive. My belief goes one step further, actually. It's okay, you know, if that didn't work out for you, there's something better in store for you. It didn't work out because there's something better. A hundred percent, always. I found out, thanks to Nez, that our bodies create different types of sweat depending on the scenario. So for example, stress sweat is totally different and even comes from a different type of sweat gland than movement or heat-based sweat. Isn't that crazy? Now, if you're not aware. Nez deodorant is a clean aluminum free dermatologist tested brand. It popped off on Instagram. I really needed to see what the hype was about. And let me tell you, I am a fan. Basically, Nez deodorants are customized for different occasions. They work with different formulas for your different sweat moments, and they're available in workout sash, board meeting, and date ready. Nez gives you the right protection and right fragrance at the right time because you know what? We all need that. Visit nezcare.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's N-E-Z-C-A-R-E.com and use code Dream bigger, all one word for 10% off your entire order. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. So you're in London, you're working all of these odd jobs to make your online magazine a success. What happens because you ultimately end up 
on a reality TV show. (laughs) So what? (laughs) Again, young Mimi saying yes to everything. So the background as to how that happened. Obviously, I went to London knowing no one. My online magazine was doing pretty well. You know, I gained this is when Instagram started getting big. I had probably 10 or 15,000 followers at the time. So I had the opportunity. It was funny. I was working at the juice bar with like 10 or 15,000 followers, which was a lot at the time. This was kind of when Instagram started. Yeah, this was like early days. Yeah, Early days. I remember being at this juice bar and I was like, okay, another principle from that book. Your network is your net worth. Okay, this book was like pivotal for me almost 10 years ago. Your network is your net worth. And I said, okay, I'm going to find people in this media industry so that I can obviously expand and meet new people. So I remember being at the juice bar in the morning when there were no customers in. I copy and pasted the same DM to as many people as I could find in the TV industry, the magazine industry. And at that time, I wanted to potentially get into presenting, like TV presenting, because I thought, you know what, that could be something I'd be good at. It helped me with exposure for the magazine. I just wanted to get out there. So I I started, you know, DMing all these people saying, and I remember it so well, this DM, it was like, hey, like I'm new to London. I'd love to take you for coffee and pick your brain about the industry. I don't really know anyone here. Like two people responded out of the 500 plus messages that I sent. And I was just shameless. You know, I was just like, I want to, to succeed. You and I don't have care. to be shameless. Yes. Like you, there's, there can be like no ego. Just like take it and just throw it out the window. I had no ego. I had no ego in that sense. Yeah, of course exactly, I had yeah. an ego. But, you know, in that sense, I just I wanted success more than anything else. So one of the people that responded was this really lovely girl and she brought me to my first ever PR event. And from there, I met many people and I started going to these PR events, just networking. And I had probably nine or 10 months left on my visa because I had a two-year working holiday visa because Canadians can Mm -hmm. get that for the UK if you're under 30, I believe. I was starting to freak out because I wanted to stay in London so badly. This was like this place of expansion for me. I didn't want to go back to Canada. There was no other way I could really have stayed unless I went back to school. And I just didn't want to do that. So ultimately, I I met this agent at one of these PR events. And she said to me, and I told her I want to get into TV presenting. Maybe I could get sponsored and stay in the country. And she said, I remember this conversation so vividly. She said to me, no, Mimi, you would not be able to be sponsored to be a TV presenter because in the UK, they want UK voices. Like they want British accents, first of all. Second of all, it takes years to get into that industry. And you wouldn't be able to do that in eight months. If you want a quick path to be sponsored, go on to this reality TV show called Made in Chelsea. And if you get on there, I will represent you right away. And then we'll start making you real money. And I was just like, wow, first of all, money. I was still so dead broke, living paycheck to paycheck. I remember times when I lived in London, I had $8 in my bank account at Mm -hmm. one point. I posted screenshots on my Instagram months ago showing how broke I was because some people don't believe me. They see me now and and they want to believe, oh, she was given money. She came from like a wealthy overnight family. Overnight success at just one day. It no, all happened. someone gave it to yeah. me. People want to believe that there's someone in my life, like a parent or a grandparent that just gave me all this money and opportunity. It just didn't happen that way. So I wanted to show these screenshots. Like oh I had moments that I couldn't afford certain things. That's why I worked at a juice bar. I needed free. I wanted free, healthy food because I still valued health at the time. I remember once I was going to take the bus to work and Mm -hmm. I missed the bus and I was about to be late and I couldn't be late. And I called my sister and she was living in Australia at the time. I was crying to her on the phone, missing at the bus stop. And the next one was coming in 20 minutes. and I was going to be late. And I said, I don't have money for an Uber X. Like I just, I don't have money. I need like $10 Uber. And she ordered me an Uber from Australia and the, from from around the world. And it was the sweetest moment. But I remember telling her at that time, 
we're going to remember this. I, mean, I like I'm getting like emotional thinking about it because it was such a crazy time. Like I was so broke. And then I got onto the show and I was still so broke. They pay you nothing. <laughs> and I just was ready to do whatever it took for me to get this visa. So I said yes to, to whatever they wanted out of me. And I was very naive. I was 19 when I first got on this show. And I was so naive. These producers can manipulate you. And they wanted me to be the bad guy. And they painted you, of all people, to be the bad guy. Well, yeah, at the beginning. Oh, she stole this this girl's boyfriend. They weren't actually dating. It's a fake fucking show. Like, <laughs> and I just said yes to whatever they And I always say, like, I used them as much as they used me. Uh, well, listen. I needed if, a visa. For anyone and, who has not been through a visa process, yeah. like, it is. <laughs> coming, yeah, uh, coming you, from you. You know, yeah, you know all about my struggles. Mm-hmm. But it is really, like, you will do anything. And especially, like, look, I'm in my 30s. Like, I, I'm not like that anymore. But if at 19, oh, yeah. my livelihood and my ability to stay in the city that I loved was dependent on a visa, I would have worked the streets, quite frankly. Like, you know what I mean? I think like, when you're that young you just say yes yes you say yes 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 that's like your superpower when you're that young you can take big you have risks. nothing to lose you, know? you you have literally nothing to lose so anyway it was an interesting experience it matured me very quickly I think because by the last season I was just very aware of the manipulation going on and it was a very hard two years for me just being caught up in the wrong crowd I started partying a lot more I, I kind of went through a few waves of partying and this is part of my bigger story I don't really drink anymore I don't party anymore I definitely don't do drugs anymore when I was younger I was a party girl and I remember even in high school like doing cocaine on prom night doing MDMA at high school dances like I was a crazy girl and I wasn't the exception I'm in Toronto everyone that age were really messed up and I now, Not just I, Toronto. Like, I think any, yeah, any, anywhere. Any, no, I know anywhere. But then I talked to people like Ben, my my fiance, and he went to a British school and he wasn't doing hard drugs at high school. Like They were drinking a lot, sure. But mm-hmm. I'm never going to raise a kid in a big city, I don't think, because of my upbringing. And I love my parents and I love my sister. But it was just normal to be fucked up at that age. But mm-hmm. going back to the point here, it was a weird time for me doing the show and I'm glad that it's done and over with and I'm glad that I've completely revamped myself since then. Of course, it boosted my audience at the time. This was, again, like I said, six, seven years ago. So since then, my following has completely changed to be more wellness and totally. personal growth Well, based. you've also completely changed and I remember yeah. you posted a side-by-side image of like back in your like party days and versus now in comparison <laughs> you look like I know I look different it's two different people I was very puffy you looked I, older I looked older I yeah I just I wasn't me I was very disconnected to myself even when you start this journey of personal growth like I said when I was leaving university I started to have these success principles in my mind but I still it took years for me to get away from that party scene even getting into this work so ultimately I left the show My fiance and I got together five and a half years ago. And when we first started dating, I left the show because I had the visa from them and I didn't want the relationship to be on camera and they wouldn't really like it if I had a secret relationship. So I ended up just slowly easing my way out of it. I wasn't quitting, but I just wouldn't give them any storyline ideas because Mm -hmm. 
that's how it worked. If you had stuff going on in your life or you, a lot of people would make things up to be on camera more to have more screen time. That was like most of the show. Honestly, so many cast members would create fake relationships behind the scenes. They get more Holy screen time. Holy crap. This is the reality of reality TV, huh? Yes. I kind of just stopped giving them storylines. Yeah. And just because I didn't want Ben on there with me. I think he was on like one episode for five seconds just as a little fun moment. And then I just kind of told him, yeah, we're perfect. So he was the re- the biggest reason I wanted to leave because it just started getting quite toxic. Like, you know, it's just not the best vibe. And I just had started to have different priorities at that time and uh, started changing as a person myself. And since then, I've had so many other things with my work and business. And the online magazine ended up turning into more of like a personal development, health and wellness platform. I started launching courses and ebooks and I started making money that way. And then I started gaining an Instagram following and I started making money that way and doing partnerships. And so how did you even go from where you were into like like pivoting into health and wellness? Because that's mm. quite the pivot of having like not just that image, but like you as person as well like you were a certain way and then if we look right now you are a completely different person right what was the first step like what really made you think okay like I want to lean into health and wellness it probably stemmed from my old eating disorder (laughs) like full transparency my love for health and wellness obviously it's not healthy to have any disordered eating but Mm -hmm. my interest in health came from a place of not liking my body and I remember I was like 12 13 years old when I had this awful friend I had back in the day teach me how to make myself throw up. Oh like, my God. Yeah. No, like I had a really weird teenage blurb in my life. And then from there, then whenever I'm getting blackout drunk and we eat pizza at the end of the night, I would always feel uncomfortable until I threw up or even more so than that. I wasn't like a, I wasn't all the time. That was like a the maybe every yeah. other week kind of thing, which is still a lot. But my disordered eating more so came from this obsession with, not feeling good enough and thinking if I'm overeating, I'm not like yeah. just like an obsession with food. And that thankfully went away. Probably when I left the show, I did have a, a really awful moment when I was on the show and I was at my chubbiest. I was like probably 20 pounds heavier than I am now. And I, you know, I was short, so it always looked a lot more on me. And there was this awful girl on the show that like called me fat on national TV. And like they, I, they didn't tell me it was in a scene where I wasn't in. So they just aired it without telling me. And it was behind your back. Yeah. Well, before the episode aired, like the producers and like they have like this psychiatrist that doesn't do anything brought me in. And they're like, okay, we're going to screen this episode with you to see if you're okay. And it was going to go out like the next night. And I just was in shock and I left. And So like what if you weren't okay with it? They would keep it in. They just needed to check off their list. They wanted just to make sure that, quote, they did something because everyone's mental health on that show is really messed up. Well, when I was on it, it just it was a weird time. So it's very toxic. It's just fucked up. Like, <laughs> so that triggered my like hate for myself so much more. It was always body related. And this is just so sad to think about because it was just so long ago, too. And I was this young little girl and I'm so proud of myself for like just completely taking myself out of that. And it's now again five ish years after that, since then, I had I don't think I've, you know, had any awful eating issues for the past at least four years. And it's crazy because it's it was such a big part of my life. And now I look back with such clarity. Wow, I was just this young, naive girl. And I just was so full of self-hatred. And I look at myself now with so much pride because 
I just naturally feel so great all the time now. Yeah. And you should be proud of yourself. Yeah, That's like, it's incredible. I mean, your journey has, it's just a lesson for everyone that no matter where you're at in life, you, you like, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And even beyond the food stuff, like every area of my life has dramatically improved. And it's like craziness that this work can work so quickly. And then I started getting more into my personal growth stuff and just getting away from that world and really focusing on myself a bit more was super beneficial. Being in my relationship was really nice, too, because we stopped partying and drinking together. It was, mm-hmm. it was nice to do it with someone else because Ben, it was at the time just not really into it as much with me. When we first met, we were both really into it. We slowly together kind of just phased out of that. And it's easier too if you're in a relationship because if you're going on dates all the time, it's like it's, it's expected to drink. Yeah. Which obviously now if I was single and I wouldn't, you know, I, I still do have a glass of wine here and there every couple months if I'm in the mood. But for the majority of it, I just I don't. And I'd be happy because I'm so confident right now in this phase of my life. I'd be happy to say, hey, I'm not drinking, but, you know, let's go. Out. I don't think that that's a big restrictor, but we're in a different phase now. And I think the no drinking and partying as much as I used to just was the biggest cherry on top to me transforming because it's something that just holds you back. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really holds you back. So then how did you start loving yourself? Because now like you, if someone just looks at you, it's like, oh my God, like Mimi, she's like this ray of positivity and self-love. Like, how did you get there? So, and this kind of ties into Superhuman, Mm -hmm. my meditation app. So about five, six years ago, around this time when I started really thinking, okay, I want to feel different. I want to change. I was, again, learning a lot about personal growth and success and all that stuff. And there was a huge emphasis on visualization and meditation and how it's such a powerful practice. So I started to try all the meditation apps that were out there, the YouTube meditations, and I tried all these different forms for it, and I just couldn't stick to the habit. It was so boring for me. I was like, my brain works too quickly. I can't meditate. Like, I just, the word meditation even was just like, nope, not for me. But I really, really wanted to get the benefits of visualization And I would journal about it. Sure, this is what I want in my life. But I needed like this constant reminder. So I decided to just very intuitively, I decided to record these audio files on like the voice memo app on your phone. I recorded these audio files to myself, just, you know, talking to myself about what my life is going to look like in the future. And I was going very, very descriptive. And this is how much money is going to be in my bank. This is the type of relationship I'm going to create before I met Ben. It's actually crazy because I was re-listening to some of these voice memos the other day, August 12th or October 12th, 2017, the day before I met Ben for the very first time. I recorded one about my dream partner and it describes him perfectly. Wow. Yeah, it's really nuts. So anyway, I started recording these little like visualization audios for myself and I would listen to them while getting ready in the morning, while cooking dinner, while walking to the gym, while getting ready to go for dinner, whatever it was. And I started changing really quickly. And now I know all the science behind why when you're visualizing and thinking about being your future self in these everyday moments, why that's so deeply transformative. But at the time, I was just intuitively doing this. And sometimes I'd listen to them with my eyes closed to visualize it very intensely. This was kind of the meditation for me. And years later, about three years ago, I decided to launch a subscription platform for my audience online. It was called Mimi Method. And uh, I had, you know, workouts on there, recipe videos on there. And then 
to add some sort of extra value, I decided to record some of these meditations, specific ones that helped me like stop binge eating because that was a big one. I stopped ever. I stopped my binge eating disorder because of these types of audio files. That was how I healed myself. Mm-hmm. I would visualize and create new neural pathways in my brain by visualizing myself wanting to, you know, go do this and then choosing differently. And with anything in life, it's so powerful to to visualize what you want to happen before it does because your brain doesn't know the difference between a, something intensely visualized and reality. So I started making different decisions because of this priming I was doing. So long story short, I was releasing these onto this platform. They became the most popular part of the platform. So I took that money that I'd made and I created a custom app called Superhuman. And I launched that a year and a half ago. And it's full of all of these unique audio files. We call them meditations right now, but we're going to kind of move away from that word. And we're really creating like a new category of sound here. It's like functional audio. We're getting our method patented. It's really based in self-image psychology. No one's ever done something like this. We do have seated meditations, but they're just different. The music is different. It's energizing. It's transformative. The words are really, really designed to move you into a different state of being. And we have over 15 categories of meditation on the app now. And most of them are open-eyed. We have the seated ones, like I mentioned, but we have like cooking, cleaning, walking, getting ready, workout, running, legs up wall. We have like every type of meditation. We created all these different categories and we're the first to have ever created these categories. Which is, I think what's so interesting about your method is that I think that everyone is taught this one definition of meditation. And don't get me wrong, like I love meditating, right? Like I I understand like what it does for me. However, I actually love visualization exercises Mm -hmm. a lot. Like I sometimes do them on Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. I've done your ones and they're like very transformative. Like I like to listen to them before I go to bed and I feel like it does something to my mind where I just wake up and I just feel different. Totally, it does. And I will say I urge you to try them while doing everyday activities. Exactly. That's the other thing. And that's what I was also going to get to that. Like for me, the time that I'm just doing things, that's when I want to like listen and absorb like positive information that'll be transformative to me. It's subconscious programming and it's like the Pavlov dog theory. You're conditioning new thoughts and beliefs to everyday actions or to a new action. So it really does have this crazy way of transforming you because, for example, if you're walking to the bus stop every morning for 15 minutes and you're listening to a walking meditation from Superhuman during that time, it's it's honestly over a month of doing this. You're naturally without even this listening to this meditation, you're going to be feeling energized, abundant, motivated, like your best self. And you're triggering these new thoughts and actions to these everyday moments. And beyond that, when you're changing your self-image through doing this work, and that's the core fundamental belief behind superhuman, when you change your self-image, everything in your life naturally effortlessly can change. To have what you want, you need to first become the kind of person that has what you want. And that's what I'm writing my book about right now. That's the fundamental belief when it comes to superhuman. We also use our audio engineers are amazing. They create very energizing and motivational movie moment type of music for these meditations. That's the other thing. I didn't like traditional meditation because it was boring to me. I didn't want to ohm in lotus pose. I wanted something more modern and pragmatic and actually effective. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't find the other ones that effective. And I, I wanted to think of something. I wanted to get excited for my future. And I wanted to feel this like energetic shift. 
Well, what you're saying, I mean, it's so powerful. And like I talked to you about the fact that like I'm big on journaling and yes. I always do future you journaling. Yes. Where I like write. We need to down. try our writing meditations. We have guided, guided really? writing. Yes. Our writing meditations are so popular. But like that to me, that's been so yeah. just like it's shaped me as who yes. I am. And I've been doing it for years. For the longest time, I would just start writing about my day as though I already have or I already am that version of me, you know, like I'm waking up in this house. It looks like this, like this is what Array is doing or like this is how I feel when I wake up. Like these are my habits. And I wasn't there yet, but I was designing my life and that was my North Star. And I felt that just doing that, it just put it so tangibly in front of me that everything that I did would keep getting me there. You want to know the science behind that? Yes. So there is a system in your brain called the reticular activating system. And a lot of people might have heard of it by Mm -hmm. this point. It's getting really popular. But this literally this system in, in your brain, it acts as a filtration system. So once you are focusing on something, let's say like this beautiful open concept LA apartment that you just got, when you start imprinting your mind with these new thoughts and ideas, just like if you start telling yourself, I'm a lucky person. I am a successful person or, you know, a very simple example. If you want to get a red convertible, you're going to start seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the RAS decides what you focus on and it looks at your beliefs and thoughts to decide on that. Because if it didn't exist, if we didn't have an RAS, our brains would explode. Imagine every little thing around us that we'd be noticing. It would be way too much information. So our brain actually filters information based off of our belief system. So that's why, you know, you're seeing this lucky girl syndrome online. Why do you think that's happening? It's because their RAS is triggered. If you're meeting someone that's a victim, they their life sucks. Things always happen, that, like bad things always happen to them. Why do you think that is? It's not just because they're unlucky. It's because their RAS is triggered to just look for these reasons to affirm why their belief system is the way it is. I was literally having a conversation like uh, my last interview right before you. We were talking about this and I was saying that this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like whatever you believe to be true about yourself, like my life sucks, it will continue to suck because that is what you believe in. Or like a very simple, easy example of this is, you know, if you wake up in the morning and something goes wrong and you're like, well, fuck, my whole day is ruined. Your whole day will be ruined. Uh, Or what you can do is be like, this one thing happened, like don't attach it to like any emotion, just move on. And it's just one odd event. The outcome of your day will just be inherently different. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And the best way to ensure that you stay on track, I think a morning routine is so important. I think priming your brain right when you wake up is so important even if it's just listening to a pep talk, we have so many pep talks on the app or journaling or doing something to just set that tone for your day. And I always say that your mornings create your days, your Could days create your weeks, your weeks create your months, your months create your years and your years become your whole life. So if you see it from that bird's eye view, your habits and who you become in the morning and who you prime yourself to be in the morning, it's just going to dictate the rest of your whole life. I noticed that if I'm going through a period of time where things seem to be going wrong, quote unquote, or like, you know, I feel like, oh, you know, I'm just not feeling like myself. The only thing I have to do is just look at the habits that I am currently possessing. What am I doing when I'm waking up first thing in the morning and how am I conducting like that first little bit of my day? And it like 
all starts there, you know, where it's like my core habits are slipping. I'm not like for even something small, like where people think it's small, it's actually not small at all. Looking at your phone first thing in the Mm -hmm. morning, like I can't like it's like it's not good for me. And I realize that if I do that day after day after day, it's like not it's just not setting me up for success. And I do believe that obviously habits are incredibly important, but I will say I don't think it's the most important thing. I think at the top of this hierarchy mm-hmm. is self-image. Yes. And no one really talks about it. And honestly, this is what my whole book is going to be about. Because when you twist your self-image and you change it to to be aligned with your future self, guess what happens? Your habits start to you naturally exactly. change. It's the effortlessly. Yes. It's the doing before you even like fully become. You know what no, I mean? No, it's the becoming before the doing. It's the becoming. I know this to be true. Mm -hmm. You must first become the kind of person that has what you want before experiencing it because and you can do it the other way, but it's just so much harder. It's like so much matter to matter. But think about it this way. If you want to start running Mm -hmm. every morning and and you're waking up in the morning, it's going to be so hard for you to get out of bed and do it unless you start to think about yourself as a runner. Of if course, you tell yes, yourself, yes. I'm a runner, it's going to be way more effortless. A hundred percent. There's going to be so much more ease to make the decisions you make. If you think to yourself, oh, I'm a healthy person. I have a core belief. I love healthy food. If I had a dinner and I, and I do like intuitive eating. It's like to choose it. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So I do intuitive eating and I literally eat whatever I want, whenever I want. But because I have this core belief that I genuinely like the taste of healthier foods. Yeah, because you're not going to stray from who you are as a person. You know what I mean? And like your core values. And like you, it's the same thing. Like I was reading it in a book like a long time ago that if a smoker starts to wake up and believe one day that they are a healthy person and that smoking is no longer a part of their identity, they will start to shift their habits to get out of that versus like think of smoking as this like vice or this thing that they need you know it's it's less effective to quit that sort of habit in this way as opposed to like really believing that like I'm no longer this person it's no longer a part of my identity totally and just like if that person that's trying to quit smoking is at a party and they're offered a cigarette Mm -hmm. I can almost assure you that the person that would say, no, thanks, I'm not a smoker, is more likely to stop smoking long term than the person that says, "Mm, no, I'm trying to quit. Exactly. Exactly. It's like the trying the, "Mm, mm," you know, so much easier to be 100 percent in than 99 percent in. Completely agree with you. Okay, so I feel like I could continue to talk to you forever, (laughs) but I actually have a listener question, which I want to get to. We kind of touched on it where to start with guided meditations. It's hard to not get carried away with thoughts. Well, I have a weird opposing view to most people here. It's okay to have those thoughts. I would rather do something that I enjoy doing. And I know, of course, doing silent meditation, clearing your mind, of course, it's beneficial. I'm not here to tell you it isn't. It is. And People like me should probably try to do that more. But I know myself and I know that I'm only going to do something if I actually enjoy doing it and feel an immediate result from it. So I would actually say try a type of meditation like superhuman where it does not tell you to completely clear your mind. It just directs your thoughts into where you want them to go. I'm not a spokesperson for silent meditation. I don't do it. I don't find it as beneficial as the type that we offer. If it's for you, great. You know, I'm not going to rip on anyone, but I will say it's okay to have thoughts. Just direct them in the direction that you want them to go. And our meditations are very, very guided. 
So it's very easy to do it. You know, I will say this, that when it comes to meditation for the longest time, it was this very rigid idea of what meditation should be. And that was sit in silent, like no thoughts should come into your brain. And it's Mm -hmm. like that is one type of meditation. Okay, there are so many. There are walking meditations. There is visualizations. There's future you meditation. There's like hundreds. And I think the whole point of meditation is like finding the one that works for you and is allowing you to show up as the best version of yourself. So I think people get very like rigid and draconian when it comes to like it's supposed to be it's not meant to be right. And so and it, it won't be a habit unless you like find a way or the style that really works for you. I think you want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy everything in your day. So to do that, do things that you enjoy doing, try everything out and see what sticks for you. I personally would suggest that you try doing journaling and asking yourself, okay, what is it that I really want? What kind of personality do I have? Do you, do I think that this is the type that I want to go for and try everything out and just get to know yourself? Because for me, I know, and for all of our tens of thousands of members, I know that this really works for them. But I'm sure there are people that swear by TM. I I know many people that swear by TM. I know many people that swear by other types. But I will say superhuman isn't really meditation. It's kind of the Mm anti-meditation apps. I know we've bucketed ourselves into this industry. We are like kind of slowly using the word meditation less and less. And we're trying to figure out a new word to describe this Mm -hmm. audio content because it's different to each their own. So if someone is starting to use a superhuman app, where should they start? Like, what's your yeah. favorite one? Tell us everything. Yeah. So we don't really have any advanced ones. They're all just like, you know, for anyone. Yeah. And they're not hard to do. The, the whole point is ease. Mm-hmm. This app is meant to be easy to use. It doesn't require you to change a behavior. It just requires you to press play during everyday moments. And the more you do that, the more you'll realize things start really changing in your life. I would say just try to be consistent for at least three weeks. If you stay consistent, listening to at least one every or every other day, at least every day, if you can, even if it's a two minute pep but they're talk. they're like so short. Well, the pep talks are really short, like two to three minutes. But then we have longer walking meditations, of course. 30 minutes. And we have, you know, sleep meditations now for overnight, eight hours, subconscious reprogramming. Like we have literally everything. I would say just try it and see the shift because it's going to be really, really rare for you not to feel a shift if you are committed. Also, I have to say I am obsessed with overnight meditations. Nish <laughs> hates them because oh, no. the sound bothers him. <laughs> But for me, when he's not here, which is right now, he's on a trip and I'm like, yes, like sound on, baby. We are sleeping to this shit. I love it. It's (laughs) such a powerful time to, you know, reprogram these beliefs in your mind. It's really, really powerful. So that's what I would say. Go to the most favorited, most played category and just check it out. If you are aligned with any of them, see how many categories we have and just press play. See how you like it. We have so many different types of music, so many different types of meditation topics, everything from mini meditations when you're on your way to a big meeting just to de-stress you to align yourself with your future self. We have, like I said, writing meditations that are great for clarity. Our walking meditations are some of the most popular on the app. They're so unique, so motivational and inspiring. And uh, our seated meditations are also great and they're quick and they just they're very uplifting and energizing. Yeah, just check it out. And we have a two week free trial, too, so people can go take advantage and see really if it is for them before committing. Love that. Mimi, this has been amazing. Where can everyone find you? You can find me at Mimi Bouchard on Instagram, just my name, Superhuman. You can just go to our website, superhuman.app.
app. And instead of .com, it's .app. So superhuman.app. Go check out some more about the platform there. And you can also sign up on there. Take advantage of the two-week free trial. And we also have a money-back guarantee if you do forget to cancel and hate it. So it's literally risk-free. We don't want anyone to stay if they don't love it. We're very confident that it has already changed so many lives, thousands and thousands. We're very confident with that. And we just want you to try it out. So thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.